Let's make Vision Zero a reality in DC. Almost half of DC's traffic fatalities come from impaired driving. These deaths are 100% preventable. Don't let impaired driving ruin your holiday. Always have a plan for a sober ride. Never drive impaired. DC police are arresting drunk and drugged drivers. Drive sober or get pulled over. A message from the District Department of Transportation and Metropolitan Police Department. From Sports Network, I am your host for the NFL show, Mike Goodpaster. I'd like to welcome in, subbing in for Sam Teets, 1981 national champion. He subbed in in that game, too. Steve Risley, how you doing, Steve? <laughs> hey, doing great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, you know, I don't know if I can fill Sam's shoes or not. I'm, I'm not quite the uh, statistical aficionado uh, that uh, he is, but uh, I have my opinions, as usual. Well, And, and we'll- I've got my Los Angeles Clippers or Chargers whatever all right all right manscape.com promo code tgt20 to get 20 percent off your first purchase and free shipping so you can fill sam shoes because you've got balls and you can shave them and if you wanted to steve manscape's the way to go why you know i've been thinking about that you know if i'm sitting here with you promoting manscape i don't have a manscape why aren't they sending me one well they sent me and sam one well they haven't sent me one and you know well they said they were going to send the popular kids one Oh, okay. Uh, here we go. I was wondering how long we'd get into the morning before you'd start tearing me a new. Oh, yeah. yeah. We know. You'll never say anything negative towards me, though. Tonight, the Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers will battle the Las Vegas Raiders. It still sounds stupid to say the Las Vegas Raiders. This is a huge game for the Raiders, Steve. I think it's a big game for the Chargers if you're Anthony Lynn, because I think his job's on the line the last four games of this season. And with the Raiders, a win tonight. They're only a, they're a game back, or they've got a chance to beat Miami next week, which would give them tiebreakers of Miami. If Las Vegas wants to make the playoffs this year, they have to win this game tonight. Yeah, it, it, you, I think here, and I, and I think Lynn's in a lot more trouble than people are letting on. If you listen to the local media out here, they're pretty well calling for his head with the Chargers, although the general perception in L.A. is the, they think the Chargers should just go back to San Diego. Um, they'd be just as happy with that if they did that too. But uh, I think what you've got here is, is, is in the last couple of weeks, two programs going kind of a little bit in different directions. Um, Chargers have shown some spark to life the last couple of weeks. Um, some statistical numbers have been turning around for them a little bit. Uh, and and the, the Raiders have faced a tough spot in their schedule and pretty well been drilled. I think the weakness of their running game and or lack of the ability to stop a running game uh, has come through for the Raiders. And I don't know if it's worthy for them to bother getting in the playoffs or not because everybody's going to gear right toward the Raiders and just run all over them. Like, I mean, heck, even the Colts did last week with a rookie running back, gained 150 yards. Colts are going to do that. Now, granted, Colts got a very good offensive line. Um, but still, teams are just running all over the Raiders. And they seem to be drifting and losing a lot of their momentum right now. So it is a critical win for the Raiders. Probably means more to the Raiders than the Chargers. Well, definitely right means more for this season. And when you look at it, Cleveland Farrell's out. Nicholas Moreau's out. Damon Arnett is out. Jonathan Abram is out with a concussion. That's four starters on the Raiders' defense. Right. And, you know, you've already got rookie wide receiver Henry Ruggs on the reserve COVID-19 list. So four of the Raiders' first-round first, f- first round draft picks over the last two years 
will be um, unavailable tonight in Las Vegas. And if they want to keep these flagging playoff hopes alive, you know, you got Josh Jacobs, who was that fifth first rounder. I believe he's going to try to play tonight, but he has an injured right ankle. And I think that's where a lot of these problems have come with the Raiders are the lack of Josh Jacobs in the running game because he's been hurt. Um, yeah, injury and Gruden's himself said, you know, we got to get people healthy to get him to play. Uh, and I don't know if that's going to, if they've got enough time to let people heal or not. Uh, I, I did look statistically at a few things. And one of the things that, that popped out in my, my mind was uh, holding on to the ball. The Raiders have had 11 turnovers in their last 36 possessions. Uh, is that attributable to having to go and fill in spots with people where the continuity is just not there for uh, Los Angeles or Las Vegas? Yeah, you're right. It is. I want to say Oakland. Yeah, I know. I want to say Oakland, but Los Angeles comes out, but it's really Las Vegas, which Vegas, is really yeah. confusing for me. So w when you look at this. Again, I mean, to address the 11 turnovers in the last 36 possessions, that's damn near one third of the time lot. you're going to touch in the ball. You're, you're giving it up. You're well, not going to win football games in the NFL doing that. And I think a lot of that is uh, is not having Josh Jacobs. It puts more pressure on Derek Carr, who you don't have Henry Ruggs, so you don't have a deep threat. You're stuck with basically Derek Carr throwing the, throwing, the, throwing the ball to tight end Darren Waller constantly. After a while, people pick up on that. And the Chargers, they won last week 20-17, to 17, but it was over a Falcons team that I think has pretty much packed it in. The week before that, they were beaten to within an inch of their lives by the New England Patriots 45 to nothing at home. So I think what we've seen is maybe some regression from Justin Herbert as the seasons went on. That may just be because the team's going in the tank. But this is a team where we talked about Anthony Lynn. I think the, the only way Anthony Lynn saves his job is to win these last four games. They're all divisional games. And if he does that, and they're sitting at seven and nine, that means Justin Herbert's probably the rookie of the year. And Anthony Lynn probably saves his job. But I think that's the only way he saves his job, Steve. Yeah, well, I, and, I, I, you know, historically, that's not a good chance of happening because the, the Chargers have lost nine straight against AFC West teams. Um, and I believe the Raiders are in the AFC West, are they not? Yes, they are. Yeah, and it's hard to win divisional games. I yeah. mean, when you play a team two, two, twice every year, you know, you get to know each other a little bit more, and it causes more close games. At close games, who knows? And tonight, I think you've already brought up the most important thing, and that's the turnovers. And the big thing here is, can Derek Carr stop his turnover pro or problem? And against the Colts, Derek Carr in the first half played great football. What you had was you had him throw a costly interception when they could have taken the lead, and the game kind of spiraled out of control after that. He has got to take care of the ball against the Chargers because with a team that maybe doesn't have a lot to play for in the Chargers – if you give them an early spark with an early turnover and they get an early lead, then you've really got your hands full if you're Vegas. Yeah, I and I guess the question I, I, I'd ask myself or I, I'd look at this team is, you know, are the Raiders ready for the playoffs right now? Uh, is it, What I'm seeing in Derek Carr is, is he a, a quarterback? Because he's pretty well heralded and highly regarded as a quarterback. And I think he moves the, the chains well when, when things are going good for the Raiders. But – he doesn't seem to be that kind of player who can pick up and carry a team maybe for a game or a little bit longer on his, his own shoulders. You know, like, like, and of course I'm comparing him to the GOAT, Brady. But Brady, and you, we kind of alluded to this uh, last week about Brady never having the receivers and teammates for a duration of time that Manning had. 
uh, you know, Carr's going through that same kind of thing right now where he's losing players uh, to injury and things like that. But he's not able to seem to be able to pick up and carry this team on his own arm. And then Gruden, uh, again, the same thing with Gruden. Lauded is, is you know, one of the great, greatest offensive minds in football in the game right now. And I'm not seeing a lot of spark and a lot of, you know, uniqueness or fantasy coming out of the Raiders offense very much. It's just kind of stoically going through the motions, it seems like, with, with uh, the Vegas Raiders right now. Well, I think the reason you get that is because you don't have the players to be dynamic right now. I mean, you're missing Josh Jacobs. You don't really have a deep threat. This team is a year away, which I think me and Sam have talked about all year. Next year, I expect the Raiders to be a playoff team. This year, I don't think they are. I think they're running on fumes right now. That's why if you're betting this game tonight, I thought about it. Bobby Sheridan, Sheridan report keeps trying to get me to bet on the Raiders. But I, I don't know about this because when I look at it, I mean, with the turnover issues, their divisional opponents, I think the last three times they've played, the Raiders have won, but they've all been close games. So I, I don't know. I think this game is actually a toss-up. And for the Chargers to win, I think that this needs to be a big game by Austin Eckler. And, you know, they felt confident letting Melvin Gordon go over the offseason because of Eckler, who they gave a four-year, $24.5 million deal. However, he's had a tough 2020 season while dealing with a hamstring injury. He's yet to reach 100 yards in any game this season. And I would say this. I would say for them to win this game, I think Austin Eckler has to run for 100 or more yards. Okay. So I, you yeah. got to be able to run the ball. Uh, yeah. Well, you got to be able to stop the run, too. And the Raiders have not shown any proficiency in stopping the run. Well, it's stopping the run and being able to run the ball. And right now with Josh Jacobs, they're not able to run the ball either. You got an yeah. old rotary phone, Steve? No, I just set that tone on. I'm sorry. I forgot to put it on silent. There you go. I missed that sound. Don't you remember when you used to have to stand in the you know kitchen, the only place you had a phone, and stand there and talk to whoever you were talking to? Because Oh, yeah. It shortened conversations that way. Then when you want to talk to your girlfriend for an hour and a half, your, your uh, family always got pissed at you. Yeah, I know. But yeah. – well, we look at this Raiders Chargers tonight, Steve. Who do you like? What's your score? I'm I'm going to go with the Raiders to win this game. Uh, I still think they have enough left in, in their tank to pull this off. I still think that uh, um, the Chargers are still reeling. Um, Herbert really hasn't. He's shown some flashes of brilliance, but no consistency. Uh, his deep threat ball still has not evolved to where it needs to, to where the Raiders can or the Chargers can make some plays. And I I look at that number of nine straight losses against divisional opponents by the Chargers. I think it's going to go to 10 tonight. So I, I, I would – I don't know where Bobby's picking, um, but Bobby's I know – Bobby's picking the Raiders. And I, I, I'm going to go with Bobby. And Bobby's a genius on this kind of stuff. So, see, I'm not as dumb as you think I am. I didn't know where Bobby stood, but – if Bobby says the Raiders, I'm going with the Raiders. Well, I'm going with the Raiders just because I just think the Chargers have packed it in also. I yeah. do think an early turnover, though, and everything changes dramatically in this game. I, I think don't think gonna, so. I think you're going to see something like 30 to 23, 30 to 24 Raiders. All right, let's go I, ahead. I'd be, surprised, I'd be surprised if that many points are put on the board simply because both these teams are prone to turnovers. Yeah, but prone to turnovers will lead to a high-scoring game sometimes. Uh, defensively, yeah, you're too, too shy. 
Yeah. So, I mean, you might have 30 to 24 in each team account for 10 points on defense. Well, defense so. Exactly. Good, good so I'm going through, I'm, I'm going to pick the Raiders. Make sure Sam notes that so I don't lose to you by half a game this week. Hey, we don't know what Sam's picked so far. So Sam's going to start off a game back if he doesn't chime in and let us know who he's picked. Sam's a follower. He's going to follow somebody right across the stage and get his diploma this weekend. Ain't that yeah. how you're supposed to do it? Uh, I didn't. I didn't go to my graduation. Oh, did you graduate, Steve? Yes, I graduated. I'm just making sure you said you didn't go. Yeah, I got some uh, postgraduate credits. Hmm, just some? Yeah, I, you know, had to take mm -hmm. classes. Well, you won the national championship. That counts as postgraduate credits when you're trying to get a job, right? Uh, it probably counted more than having postgraduate classes. Probably counted more than having a degree. All right. Uh, probably did. Yeah, Touche. Right. Well said. Let's talk about the best and worst potential NFL coach openings. Um, I think there's nine here that we're going to look at. And I'm going to wrap. We've got the Chicago Bears. Now, yeah. I think the Bears could still run the table, make it into the playoffs. And, you know, Matt Nagy keeps his job. But I don't think that's going to happen. And it's clear that Ryan Pace and all the moves he's made since 2018, including pitching, picking Mitchell Trubisky over guys like Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson has not really worked out. I, I think when you look at the pros of this team, I think there is core talent, but I think the cons are lack of cap space. They don't have a long-term quarter, quarterback. And as you said a couple weeks ago, or maybe last week, Khalil Mack has yeah. not been what he was that first year when the Bears went to the playoffs. I don't think this is that great of a job because I think for a great job, you've got to have a long-term quarterback, and you got to have some cap space. Well, I, I think the Bears, first off, got to decide what, what direction they're going to go with quarterback. Now you got Foles um, and, and you've got uh, Trubisky. I, uh, for some silly reason, I, I like Trubisky. I, I, I don't think he's probably going to win you a Super Bowl, but I, I like him as a quarterback. I, I think if I was the Bears and if I'm going to stay true to Trubisky as my quarterback, I would be finding a coach and, and would be interviewing that coach on how do you plan to use Trubisky? Because they've wrapped a lot of money up into him. Uh, he's got a big contract with them. He's, he's you know they used a high draft pick to get him, and I just think that Trubisky hasn't been used right. I don't know what right is because I'm not an NFL coach. That'd be better left for you to explain. But I don't get the impression Trubisky's been used right. I yeah. think I think this Trubisky is not any good. He's never going to be any yeah. good. And if the next guy continues with Mitchell Trubisky as the quarterback, he will get fired because of it too. I okay. think Trubisky is a slightly below average quarterback. I think he has footwork issues. I don't think he can make every throw on the field. I think that's the issue with Trubisky. I think it's time for the Bears to look for a quarterback. And the thing is this, Steve, you can like the guy, but when you say he can't win you a Super Bowl, the fact that you traded up to the second pick in a draft and you, and you passed up a guy on Patrick Mahomes who's already won a Super Bowl and a guy like Deshaun Watson, who if you had him two years ago, you might have won a Super Bowl. That's an issue because if you're getting picked in the second pick of the draft, you got to win a Super Bowl to not be a bust, I think. Yeah, but but I I, <laughs> I don't think anybody foresaw Mahomes being Mahomes when he was drafted. 
Yeah, but you know what? That's the only time. but you're right. They did pass on him. Hey, but the Bears are the only team that thought Mitchell Trubisky would be mm-hmm. a great quarterback. So right. that's my yeah. problem. My biggest problem with them is not taking Deshaun Watson because I don't knock him for Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes had issues coming out of college. They got fixed in a year. He sat and got coached up a little bit by Andy Reid. Jeff Christensen, who's his private quarterbacks coach. So those guys did a great job with him. And let's face it, if Patrick Mahomes goes to Chicago, Patrick Mahomes may look like Mitchell Trubisky right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times it's just according to where you went. All right, let's go. Stay in the NFC North. We're going to go to Detroit Lions. The pros here, you've got a quarterback in Matt Stafford. The cons are lack of cap space and core talent. Now, when you look at this, the Lions can either have cap space or they can have Matthew Stafford. But unless they want to hand their veteran quarterback a new deal, they can't have both. They have $1.2 million in cap space in 2021 and are locked into deals for two disappointing free agents and trade flowers in offensive tackle. I think they have Avatola. I can't, I can't pronounce his name. But the recent drafts have been bad. And one of the few stars in the organization, the organization that developed is Kenny Galladay. I think this, if you come in, the question if you're the coach is, and the new GM, do you keep Matt Stafford or do you trade Matt Stafford? And I think this, I really think Matt Stafford's really good. If I'm the Indianapolis Colts or the Chicago Bears, I'm all over trying to get Matthew Stafford. But if I'm the Detroit Lions, I've got to get him out of there because if they keep him, they're going to have a lack of cap space. They don't have core talent. Matthew Stafford's in his early 30s. You've only got so much time with Matthew Stafford where you can make this work. So I think a new coach needs to come in. You probably need to get rid of Matthew Stafford, and you're probably not going to find a guy as good as him, but maybe you can start to rebuild the core talent here. Yeah, I I, I was going to say it to you. You brought it up first. I think Matt Stafford would look very good in a Colts uh, uniform. Uh, I, I think that he would be a good piece of glue for the Colts right now because, let's face it, as good a year as Rivers is having, he, he, I don't think he could play another year. I'd be shocked if the Colts invested in them in another year. So they're going to be in the market for a quarterback, as are all teams. I think it's a really tough thing, Mike, and you know too, but much better than I do, that the getting that quarterback is an integral part of building any football team. And they have one in Matt Stafford. I mean, a tested – proven star quarterback in the NFL who is started and shine bright because he's on such a crap team. Um, I think that the, that the Lions will have to sacrifice another head coach before they get relevant again. I, I think that whoever they bring in next will be a sacrificial lamb to continue to build the Lions team back to respectability and most likely lose his job in doing it. And then the second coach coming in will probably see a lot of the glory. So I don't see the Lions' job, other than if you just want to be an NFL head coach. Uh, You know, other than that, I don't see it being a long-term job for anybody that comes in there because I don't – the the Lions have so much work to do uh, at other key positions – I don't, I don't think another coach can survive getting him there and making him viable. All right, next up, we've got the Denver Broncos, which I think is a very interesting team. They're sitting at 5-8 and eight right now. Um, John Elway, I think, is the problem here. He's not been able to get the quarterback. This is not the head coach's fault. This is on John Elway. 
But John Elway is God in Denver, Colorado. Nobody's going to touch John Elway. And the Broncos have added a lot of good players around Drew Locke. Drew Locke has been uneven, inconsistent. But this is the team that right now have $25.5 million in cap room. They could free up another $40 million by cutting veteran defenders like Vaughn Miller, Jarrell Casey, and A.J. Boye. So the thing here is, it's according if you want to go with Drew Locke or not. I don't think John Elway will. I think he's going to try to look somewhere else again. I don't think this is a good job just because John Elway is the guy looking for a quarterback. And if I'm a head coach, I stay the hell away from John Elway like the plague. But the problem is, you know, if they could nail a quarterback, there is the talent there. But I would stay as far away from John Elway and the Denver Broncos as I could if I thought I was a good football coach. Yeah, I, I think that John Elway is another one of those examples, kind of I talk about in the NBA, why great players don't necessarily make great coaches. Guys like Magic Johnson and, and Jordan and Bird, for that matter, although Bird did take his team to the NBA Finals one year. Um, I, I think that these guys have such high expectations of themselves that they try and meld that expectation down to and mold somebody in their own mold, and it's just not doable. Both of us would agree John Elway is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Probably the greatest competitor quarterback uh, in terms of just marching downfield and getting crucial points for you. But he's not been able to translate that into another quarterback, and I think he's trying too hard to do that. And trying to make it happen too quickly. Uh, I, I, But I think Denver is only a few pieces away the problem is they're aging. Like I said, Von Miller and those guys are getting old waiting. Uh, but I think Denver's not as far off as a lot of the other openings that are probably going to happen if the Denver open opening even occurs. I think, and they've got some cap space. Uh, I, I don't have the same thought process in Drew Locke that you do. I think you got to give the guys some confidence, give them some time, and uh, get Elway out of his hair and get, get a coach in there that, that can develop a young quarterback. Uh, you know, and this is a case where Gruden might be a good example of somebody who's got a nah, good reputation. Hey, he doesn't. I mean, the John okay. Gruden thing is made up bullshit. Well, hey, Gruden's not going anywhere. Hey, look at it like this, Vegas. Steve. Look how long Gruden was in Tampa Bay. He won the Super Bowl at the start of his tenure. After that, the reason he failed is he never could well, get a quarterback. And he, he won the Super Bowl on Dungy's team, didn't he? Wasn't that Dungy's team? Yeah, but Dungey couldn't win the Super Bowl with that team. So you got to give Gruden came in and did it. Yeah. Yeah. So when I look at it, my issue is John Gruden, the only quarterback he had that really did anything was Rich Gannon, who was in his mid 30s when he got him. Yeah. So I don't think he really did anything there. Next up, a team I want to look at is the Philadelphia Eagles because the Eagles, I think different coaches will see Carson Wentz as either a positive or a negative. They play in a very easy division, but they do have lack of cap space. And this is one where the quarterback is a pro and a con. The other pro is they have a stable ownership that will let you do what you want. But this is a team that after they won the Super Bowl, this roster now a few years later is seriously flawed. And you got guys you got to get out of here. You got to make a determination on Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. Um, I think, though, overall, this is a pretty good job because I think Carson Wentz, you improved the offensive line maybe bring in a different kind of offense. I think Carson Wentz could flourish. And I'll tell you what, this is the thing. If I'm the Indianapolis Colts, I know I brought up Matt Stafford, mm -hmm. but I would make a huge play to get Carson Wentz reunited Agreed. with Frank Reich. Yeah, the big problem with uh, Carson Wentz, yeah, because 
Wentz and, and Reich have history together already. Uh, he would fit into the Colts' offense probably. Reich would have the least amount of trouble integrating him into the Colts' offense. I thought the same thing. I'm afraid that the Steelers or the, the, the Eagles are going to lose faith and give up on Wentz and trade him away. I think that would be a huge mistake for that franchise. Uh, I think Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz's big problem that I see is he can't stay healthy. Uh, he, I mean, this is probably the first season he's gone that I can remember in two or three or four years where he's not been hurt at some point in time. I mean, you know, Wentz has made other quarterbacks like Nick Foles famous simply by just getting injured at critical times in the season. Um, so, but I, I like Carson Wentz a lot. I, I'm afraid uh, the way the talk is that they're looking at possibly trading him, see what they can get for him. Uh, I, I, you know, the, to me, the, the Eagles are a situation that happens with a lot of one-time Super Bowl winners. A lot of their guys go after the money after they get the ring. So I've got my ring now. Now I'm going to go find money. And they defect from the team. It's very rare that you see players want to stay together like the, the, the Pats did and, and say, hey, let's not win one. Let's win six. Uh, let's have six rings instead of that. Uh, so I think the I think the Eagles just fell into that. I think they're in a, in a big rebuilding era. Players are starting to get old there too. But I think giving up on Carson Wentz right now would be a huge mistake for them. All right, next up, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think this is a good job because the Jaguars owner, Khan, is a guy who has given Gus Bradley and Doug Marone a combined nine years at the coaching helm. I think this is a job where if you take it, he's going to give you three years, which gives you a chance to build it. You're going to get either the number one or the number two pick in the draft. And I think this, I think this all of a sudden could become the best job out there if all of a sudden the Jets were to win a game and the Jaguars get the first pick. Because if you put Trevor Lawrence here, I think it could be turned around quick. And the other thing is Jacksonville has extra first round this year, an extra second round this year from Rams and Vikings trades. And more than $78 million in cap space to spend this offseason. So I think when you look at that, the core talent is not there, but you have a high draft pick, you have patient ownership, and you have cap space. I think this is an all right job. Yeah, I think the big concern about the Jacksonville Jaguars right now is, is where they play. Uh, I mean, the AFC South is, is, is coming. Uh, Tennessee is, is a bonafide team, a culture, a quarterback, away from being a team that, that – would become in Super Bowl mention with their young offensive line. If the Colts can keep their receivers healthy, their defense is strong. I mean, uh, Houston is not playing to the potential of that team due to injuries. Yeah, they are. They're terrible. They well, Deshaun I Watson, think they're terrible it. because of coaching, though, not because of talent. Deshaun they, Jackson. They were terrible because it, of a bad GM who got rid of all right, the talent. Right, right. The but they have the talent. They so don't. it's easy to find a GM. Okay. All right. Well. I, I mean, they, they traded away DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they got rid of most of their really good players. The other problem in Houston is J.J. Watt's not getting any younger. No, but, he, you have, yeah. but it's a good job, which we'll talk about in a minute. Just because, right? But I, I think the biggest problem for taking the Jacksonville job is just the fact you're going to be playing in the AFC South, and I know the joke has been on the AFC South that 500 teams make the playoffs out of there uh, in years past, but I think right now. That's a pretty tough division to get through uh, in, in the AFC right now, uh, simply because Tennessee and Indianapolis are dominating that at this point in time. And both those teams, I mean, Tannehill's got a few years left in him. 
plenty of years, actually, at quarterback. Uh, Henry's not going anywhere. Uh, they're 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 well coaching a good team. Colts are well coaching a good team, and, and I think it's not going to take a lot to rebuild Houston. Um, and so for go to Jacksonville, you're going to be in a dogfight in your divisional games to get into the playoffs every, you know, almost every game. Well, the way I look at this is this, Steve. Derrick Henry is an abusive runner when he runs, much like Earl Campbell was. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the question there is how long will he last? last. kind of running backs don't last that long. The Colts still don't have a quarterback. The Texans, we don't know who their coach is going to be. And the Jaguars, I think this is opened up if they do things the right way. They'll win. They probably won't. But let's talk about teams that don't do it the right way. Are the Jets a good job? You've got a path to Trevor Lawrence. You've got cap space. you got low expectations. The cons are there's no talent there, and their ownership is terrible. Are the Jets a good job if Trevor Lawrence is the first pick? Well, I, I mean, are, are they giving up on uh, Darnell, Darnett, or, you know, Sam? And Darnold. Well, they have Darnold. to if they can get Trevor Lawrence. Well, if you can get Trevor Lawrence, well, I guess they're going to have the number one pick. Unless <laughs> they screw right. up and win a game. So. Screw up and win a game, yeah. They'll screw up and win two games, and then Jacksonville will get him. So, yeah, which would be great for Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, be, yeah, it's a little nicer climate down there and a little less media scrutiny uh, there. Uh, I think the Jets are so far away from being competitive. I don't know that if I was a young head coach coming in, I don't know that I'd want my first job to be the Jets because you're doomed to fail. And if I was a a seasoned coach looking to establish somewhere and stay home or stay stay there for a few years, I don't think the Jets are that job. I I think much like Detroit, you're going to go through two or three coaches before the Jets are even a playoff contender at this point in time. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, you know, he might make the diff- some difference, but I think that team's so weak all around him that he's just going to get the crap beat out of him like uh, Sam did. So. All right. Next up, the Houston Texans. They have The pros are they have Deshaun Watson. The cons are everything else. The Texans are $12.7 million over the projected calorie cap for 2021 already. And many of the deals that former coach GM Bill O'Brien and front office executive Jack Easterby negotiated were significantly over market value and contained 2021 guarantees, making it difficult for the organization to rebuild the roster. Now, you still got an owner in McNair, though. If you get a good GM in there and a good coach, you've got Deshaun Watson. Um, I think this is one of the best possible jobs out there just because you have a franchise quarterback who's still really young. Definitely. I, I, yeah, I agree there. I think that Houston's just still in the same boat that Jacksonville's in. They're playing in the AFC South. Uh, it, it's going to be hard to make movement um, from either Jacksonville or Houston on Tennessee or Indianapolis right now. Like, right. Colts are going to need to find a quarterback to stay in that loft with, with Tennessee. Um, but I, I believe the Colts have a good salary cap room and can afford a quarterback. They can afford Stafford or Wentz if they needed to, and that's just going to put more strain on Houston and Jacksonville. Uh, the only the only downside I see, I, again, I think the ownership's there for Houston. He'll spend the money. If they can get a good GM to rework contracts and get some cap space, fill some voids that they lost this past year, um, I think Houston can come quick. Uh, I think they're going to lose J.J. Watt. I mean, J.J. Watt doesn't even play uh, on in critical downs that much anymore. I was looking for him a game I was watching them play the other day, and he's on the sideline. And I'm thinking, man, 
this is a game where I would want J.J. Watt in the game uh, at this point in time, at least threatening with his playability. But I think his skills have dropped to the point to where they're probably overpaying him and probably need to be thinking about cutting him loose pretty soon and get some salary cap money out of him. But those are tough decisions that a GM and ownership are going to have to make. If J.J. Watt is perennial man of the year candidate, he's a great pillar to the organization and ties it to Houston well. Um, he's a good thing to have on your franchise for all the other reasons. Um, and he was a great football player, but I think he's dropping. But Houston, to me, is in that same boat as Jacksonville. You go take that job, it's a dogfight. You better get a coach who's young, innovative, uh, and has got a strong stomach because you're going to be facing a lot of battles in the AFC South. All right, next up, <clears throat> the Los Angeles Chargers. Almost choked to death there on air. <clears throat> this to me is a good job. You got a young quarterback. You got a young core. You got low expectations. The division in which they play is the only drawback. But this is a team on defense that, if Derwin James is healthy, I think he's the best safety in football. If Joey Bosa is healthy, he is probably the second best defensive end in his own household, which makes him the second best defensive end in the NFL behind yes, his brother yes, Nick. Yes, yes. And. I think with this team, there's a lot of talent. The only drawback I see is they're probably going to have to replace four offensive linemen last year or next year. <clears throat> but when you look at them, you got Keenan Allen, one of the top three receivers in the NFL. I think this is a good job. Probably. I don't know. Being in L.A. with the Chargers, I don't know that it's ever going to work out just because I don't think they should be in L.A., but I would say from looking at this from a coach's perspective, I've got a young quarterback that a lot of people think can get it done. And I've got one of the two or three best pass rushers on defense. And I've got the best safety on defense. There's a lot here to build with. Yeah, I, I think the Chargers will end up being maybe the most sought-after job by coaches this year. One to come here. Because I, I think, as you said, I'm not going to repeat it, but I think a lot of the play uh, – Tools are already in place for the Chargers. Uh, just a shift in coaching, probably a shift in attitude will make a difference here. They've got a beautiful new stadium. It's perfect weather out here pretty much year-round. It gets hot in the summer, but they don't play in the NFL in the summer. You know, it's going to be 75, 77 degrees out here today, not a cloud in the sky. Um, so the weather out here is great. I think you're going to be able to attract players. Why are you wearing a hoodie? Uh, well, right now it's about 52 here. We got, oh, you know. Okay. Kind of in the All desert. Right. All hey, right. Bobby's getting rained on in, in the uh, Inland Empire right now. So, right. how about this? Twenty I, miles I think, away. I think the best job to have would be Cincinnati if Mike Brown wasn't the owner, because you'd have Joe Burrow. But I think it turns into the worst job just because you've got Mike Brown. Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I think as long as the Brown family owns that team, they're going to waller, and if they get to mediocre, they'd be good. Yeah, they're going to be like the yeah. Colts were under Ursay until the sun comes over. And, and, and that's too bad for Burroughs. That's really too bad that he's a, a guy that has the moxie and potential that he does. Um, and what we saw of him before he got injured was maybe the ability to lead the Bengals to some respectability. But I just think that as long as the, the Brown family is in control, of that football organization. I'm absolutely amazed that Cincinnati, you, you Bengals fans have stayed behind that team. We haven't. Oh, you have not because of the team, but because of the ownership of that team. 
Well, yeah, because the other ship's disgusting. But, well, I and I, I, you know, don't know them personally, uh, but they, like I said, it's been the mid '80s since they put a really good product on the field. Well, no, they they put a good product on the field. They made the playoffs five uh, five years in a row. That was a good product. But the thing was, they didn't do enough. I mean, I, I think people really underestimate the job Marvin Lewis did in Cincinnati with what he was given the leeway to be able to do. I think Marvin did about as much as anybody could have right. here, and that's a damn shame. All right, tomorrow, Steve, at 1 o'clock, me and you are going to pick the games. We might invite somebody else, I don't know who yet, to pick the games with us, but that'll be at 1 o'clock Eastern tomorrow. You can follow Steve Risley at srisley34. You can follow me at Grueling Truth. so you're ready to pick the games tomorrow. And, hey, right now, unless we hear from Teets, he's already going to be a game behind if we get tonight right. Yeah, Sam, if you're listening at all, you better call in and make your pick. Well, he doesn't have to call well, in even. He could just write them down and send them to us. I don't care. Let's just pick the Let's just pick the Chargers for him. No, because what if we're wrong? Then he wins and we lose, yeah. How about that? What was picked? Did he picked a tie? Yeah, he picked a tie. He gets a half point either way. Yeah. But we'll get a whole point. But then again, if we're wrong, wrong. we lose a half point. Yeah. So, all right, guys, we're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap it up. Make sure you go to Rockfin. Call your boy Sheridan and get Sheridan on for a day. Uh, Well, we'll see. He probably heard you ask that right now. Bobby Sheridan, Steve Sheridan, join us one time, a one time visit by Bobby Sheridan of of the famous Sheridan Report. And we'll get him picking games for us right now and see if he can pick up some business. With or picking and or Russ, because Risley, you you believe you can beat him, so tomorrow's the chance. I can't beat Bobby Sheridan. Well, I'm telling you this, Bobby, you need to come on because I won't beat you, and we'll pick him with the point spreads too. <laughs> but I'll do anything to get an extra guess. I'm such a whore. All right, we're gonna go ahead and wrap the show up. Speaking of whores. If you like whores, make sure you use manscaped.com. Promo code TGT twenty for twenty percent off your first purchase and free shipping. So for now, for Steve Risley, I'm Mike Goodpaster. You've been listening and watching to The Grueling Truth, where the legends speak. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.